0: Welcome back to Let's Talk Shop. You're listening to Season 5, Episode 7. My name is Therese and I am your host. I run a business called Small Business Collaborative, where I help business owners start and grow their wholesale, get clear on their margins, make sure that they're profitable. I help them get started or grow their sales. And I run both courses and I offer one-to-one mentoring. Today we are speaking to one of my clients, Leonara from Tanaka. But before we get stuck into today's episode, I wanted to tell you that today is the last day to sign up for my course, Let's Talk Sales, which is all about how you can become more confident in selling to shops and stop procrastinating when it comes to your sales. Get proactive, I will teach you how you can find your leads how you continue to find leads to contact how to contact buyers how to track it how to make a plan that you can stick to so that you don't have to feel so nervous about it i will tell you what language to use and how to get more confident selling your product we start tomorrow which is Tuesday, the eleventh of May at twelve PM, and I could not be more excited. There are fifteen spaces up for grabs, and all the details can be found on my website. Of course, you can head to the show notes if you want to have a look at the course. But now, let's get straight into my conversation with Leonara from Tanaka. Hi, Leonara. Thank you so much for coming to Let's Talk Shop. It's so great to have you here on the podcast.
1: So great to be here. Thanks so much for having me.
0: I always start off with the guest introducing themselves and what they do. So maybe we start there
1: yeah sure. hello, everyone. Uh, my name is Leonara, and I am the founder and director of Tanaka Soaps, a handmade luxury soap company that launched in october twenty
0: nineteen You haven't been going that long, and you really just launched you hadn't had that much time to get stuck in before the pandemic hit. How was that?
1: I mean it was it was a lot, and um, when I launched it very much was launching a, a side hustle or hobby even that I just wanted to legitimate in kind of official ways but it wasn't until the first lockdown that I realized that I got a lot of attention for um, what I was doing and then realized that this was something that I could kind of do on a, on a bigger scale
0: how did that feel was that a scary realization or was it oh wow I could do this what what, what did you feel like
1: my day job is as a program producer um, and I uh, in the first lockdown I was furloughed so it was like a month on a month off and I just all of a sudden found myself with a lot of downtime and needing to restructure my my day my weeks my mm. months <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. so, so it, it kind of just gave me something to focus on because I had been going up until you know since October 2019 running a soap company I wasn't you know talking about anything covid related on my platforms because i was just processing it all instead i was actually just like giving away soaps to like my neighbors my friends and you know i wasn't trying to make it a profitable thing in light of covid but yeah when i kind of got into the rhythm of producing again um yeah everything just kind of picked up i guess
0: I mean, that's good. That's what what we want to hear, isn't it? How come you started making soaps in the first place? Why soaps?
1: That is a very good question. And I I have a tendency to think about it in a bit of an esoteric way, because even to me, sometimes it doesn't necessarily make sense. I'm like, why soap? How did I land here? And I think somehow there's like ideas that are like Mingling around in in the in the air, if you will, Mm. and they they just need to kind of like land with someone, take root, and if it if it's a thing, then it flourishes. If it's not, then it it goes on to the next person. But I I grew up in Zimbabwe, and. I remember so clearly, like, my childhood was punctuated by school holidays, playing in the garden. You know, I I grew up in the city, but we still had much more space. And I would be making tinctures in my mind, like, making hydrosols with, like, the petals from the plants. And all these seemingly silly ways of just, like, entertaining myself and, like, passing the time. But essentially... I think it's in that kind of mixing of like raw materials and playing with mud in some instances and imagining I had my own cooking show or something like that that now, kind of, it makes sense for me to be doing this on this much more <laughs> certified scale of, um, of of soap making.
0: Yeah, it's almost like the grown up version of playing with with yeah. mud. <laughs> it,
1: exactly, and I, I do. I work with a lot of clays, so there is definitely that um, that tactile element that um, I, I, that I feel kind of links to my childhood. Pastimes in a way.
0: Yeah, I, I, I guess I don't have a cool story like that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but I, guess, I love that. So, yeah, to, to kind of like more fully answer your question, I guess in 2019, I wanted to make something with my hand. My job as a producer is often very like demanding. I've experienced burnout. I'm sure a lot of people can relate um, with city life, but then also demanding jobs. And I just needed something that was going to take me out of myself. So I actually started a pottery course at Turning Earth in Hoxton, And yeah. that was like, I think it was like, every Tuesday or Monday evening. I'd go, I'd really like connect with myself on, like, on a really meditative like level and just taking myself out of my, my own head. And I just found a lot of peace in that. And I guess through making um, in that context, (laughs) I actually made a soap dish and I was just like, "Mm, wouldn't it be nice to have some soaps to put into this? And then one thing led to another and I had been interested in like in soaps and natural skincare anyway, but then... At that same time, I was starting to get really curious about the ingredients in the products and what I was putting onto my skin, as well as what I was like putting into my body. So one thing led to another. I was basically freaked out by the chemicals on the back of labels of mm. skin skincare stuff. And yeah, I was like, you know what? Maybe I should just like make my own. And then YouTube.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and now you like made these saves. You landed on these recipes that actually help people with yeah Best skin
1: I think it's so rewarding, like the soap formulations themselves like I work with all natural ingredients and really like nourishing oils, only essential oils, no artificial scents or anything like that, and then all natural like botanicals when I was kind of like discovering soap making as like a hobby and just like learning a lot of the makers I was coming across were like all of the color, all of the micas, and just like really like bright blue, and I was like,. Mm. <laughs> is yeah. that right Through like derived from anything natural I mean you know I'm sure you can find indigo as a natural diet that you could use but I guess yeah I was very very intentional about making something that was going to benefit skin health and I've suffered with like troublesome skin at times in my life um, usually as a result of stress I remember yeah when I was in uni I had like really bad acne which was stress induced so mm finding um, natural ingredients that kind of like responded well to those irritations was really important to me so like it's all the more rewarding when people have reached out to say oh i've got really bad eczema but like your skin i mean your soap has been one of the, the best products i've used like honestly it makes the whole the whole thing so worthwhile
0: soap is not the easiest thing to do it's a lengthy process isn't it <laughs>
1: It is, yeah. It's, a, it's an exercise of patience.
0: Yeah, because it has the cure and all that. You really don't know if it's perfect until you cut into it.
1: Yeah, so I, I use the cold process soap making technique, if you will. You mix everything up, you pour yourself into all your mixtures into molds through the process of saponification, and 24 hours you'll have like a loaf of soap that you can then cut. And then uh, it needs to sit for four to six weeks, but usually like four is sufficient for. I guess like some of the water to like dehydrate from the soap so that you're left with something that's a little bit milder um, mm. and more gentle, more gentle to use. So yeah, <laughs> it's quite interesting when people are like, Oh, you know, when can I get some soap? And I'm like, you have to wait for four weeks. <laughs> <laughs> because it, it's a, it's a process that kind of wait, that can't be, can't be rushed. But I think there's also a real beauty in that. And I, I think it's for someone who's got like uses quite, um, a hectic pace is something quite it slows me down as well
0: that's so nice nice way to put it I think we all need that thing to remind us that things takes time <laughs> yeah even if we're often impatient of course
1: <laughs> yeah I think we're just so used to like that instant gratification as like a society so there's something about going back to basics that I think we've all experienced over the last like 12 months so it's just acknowledging that where we can't purchase convenience and not to say that my soap is are only soap available to buy but if it takes as long as four weeks to make then there is something that you can just have to respect about that process and and, and just yeah appreciate it i do yeah
0: <laughs> i think it's really nice i just like using soap so much now versus before using shower gel and stuff i mean like oh i God, really yeah. enjoy using It's much more enjoyable for some reason, not just for how it feels afterwards, but just the process of using, the action of using a soap is really lovely.
1: Yeah, I guess, I don't know, maybe there's something subconscious of like you're only encountering a natural object rather than like, I don't know, interacting with a cold, hard plastic or something. but. I one of the motivations in making soaps for myself before I even thought that this could be something where I was sharing them like with I mean my friends and my family and then like everyone else I just wanted to have like less plastic bottles in my in my shower it was an aesthetic reason in in some instances yeah <laughs> uh, but then also like very much an, in- an environmental one you use the whole thing it's zero waste and it's so much better for your skin like I found especially early days of like the first lockdown having to wash our hands all the time they my hands were dry and then it wasn't Mm. until you know I was we were all locked down and I was then only in my home using my soap that I kind of got them back to normal but yeah there's something really stripping um, too chemically (laughs) that's not the technical term of um store-bought shower gels and hand gels and stuff like that
0: Yeah. And so moving on to kind of growing your business and that, how did you get your first stockist? So
1: when I launched, I had it in my idea, like I had the idea that it would be cool to be in a shop, but I didn't really know how to go about it. I was actually approached by my then local, I want to call it a bougie shop, but that's not right. (laughs) It was like a a lovely, um, you know, independent shop, small business um, called Gently. um, And they have, I think, three or four stores in Southeast London. But I had just launched the Instagram and had very a small number of followers and then I got a DM and I thought they knew somehow that I was local because I was literally around the corner from them and so it all turned into like a beautiful coincidence um when that approach came from um Mercedes and yeah but you know that was the first the very first one so yeah shout out to gently who've been with me (laughs) since day one Uh, and then the others I approached myself just sent some emails around dropped in some samples yeah it was a it was very organic
0: That's nice. And did you start local first after that first one? did you? Because you said you dropped in samples and stuff. Were they mainly local in the beginning then?
1: Yeah, they were. And then as kind of things started to pick up, I'd say in last summer, it it all kind of went a bit crazy. And now I have stockists around the country, which feels crazy to say, but it, it is really amazing. I actually have a lot of stockists in Scotland. So, yeah, it, it, it's now a little bit, it's still local, but like nationwide. <laughs> That's so cool. And how many have you got now? Oh, that is a good, good question. This is, I don't mean to say this in a big headed way, but I've lost count. Um, I think we've got <laughs> over 40. We've That's got amazing. Over, yeah. 40 stockists, one in America, one in Singapore, and then the rest in the UK.
0: I mean, that's just really cool, right? To say that you have a as in Singapore.
1: <laughs> yeah, it, it feels a little bit surreal for something that essentially started in my kitchen without the, um, I wouldn't say it was like without ambition, but it's just without, I couldn't, basically I couldn't have predicted this.
0: <laughs> At what stage of growing your business did you think, oh, this could really become something?
1: um it's funny because that's that moment didn't wasn't anything I I really remember specifically the moment that I was like oh wow okay this is a thing it was actually like born out of so much pain so it was around the murder of George Floyd that there was a lot of social media activity around amplifying black voices supporting black businesses and I at that point had a reasonably I say reasonable for me like a reasonable following I think maybe like a thousand or so people on Instagram Mm. and I've made kind of connections with other small businesses like-minded you know candle makers or yeah people who sell like homewares and stuff like that Mm.
0: so I guess it was in
1: that moment that I got swept up in, in in that momentum and Tanaka's following, I don't know, probably like doubled in the space of a week or something.
0: Was um, that because you were shared as a black owned business? There were so many posts about it then, right?
1: Yeah, exactly. And it was, yeah, exactly you're right. I was shared through that hashtag and then, you know, other similar ones. Um, mm. And then I guess it was a moment where stores started to take stock of who who they had in in their, whose products they were stocking. And yeah, I don't know. It it feels really um, difficult to say that that was the moment that I realized that Tanaka could be a thing because, you know, as a black woman myself, I remember that time really clearly and it was it was like a grief like I've not experienced in a long, in a long time even though it was like yeah. far away in a way like remote. Yeah, it was just like a very confusing time and then all of a sudden like your business starts to do really well.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did you find it confusing as to like why that death? Why that moment in time made so much difference? I mean, lots of positive things has come out of it but also a lot of hard things conversations and thoughts yeah
1: um I think it's got a lot to do with where we were all at as a Mm. globe uh, like on a global level most people or most countries sorry were like locked down COVID was really real and scary and less known in terms of like what it was so you know that intense lockdown of just you could not leave your house (laughs) Mm. Um, which it's nice to, in a way, have that hindsight to look back and kind of start to see how we've come through that. But I do think it's something about people not having much else to do. Um, sadly, mm-hmm. like a lot of these, a lot of other people have been killed by the police in the US. Yeah. And also here, oh, uh, here too, very much so. Um, yeah. So I, but I think it's like that pace of life where yeah. you can take in a headline but not really process it because your day-to-day life is you've got other demands on your attention whereas Mm. this was inescapable it was right there on on camera and we just kind of had to sit with it and and really like bear witness
0: it's nice that so many positive things has come out of people being more aware having more discussions of course a lot of negative too but things like you growing your business people being more aware of who they buy from and what business they're supporting with their money yeah. That's a nice thing that has come out of this.
1: Yeah, and I, I think- mean definitely. And but you know, I, that's where the personal um, tension kind of yeah. arose for me because I was like, George Floyd should not have been killed. He should be alive to this day. But I think it's the yeah the the, the difficulty in acknowledging that me and I do really kind of pinpoint that that transition or that that change in Tanaka was very much down to that moment i I know that to be a fact not to say that it wouldn't have grown on its own or you know in other ways but it is it's a lot to kind of it's just a lot
0: (laughs) yeah no i i completely understand that like an internal struggle i suppose uh, that probably a lot of other black owned business owners would have experienced too because you were not alone in that your business changed at that moment
1: yeah and you know these are all businesses many of whom connected to friends with and supportive or part of the same community these are all extremely hard-working people who were already doing as much as they could to make their, their businesses viable whether it's starts as a side hustle or whether it's like with the intention of go, going all in these extremely hardworking people who deserve the acknowledgement that they're receiving anyway
0: Yeah, that is really important to acknowledge that happened for your business that changed your business. But you know you also worked hard on growing your business and making every single product and yes having a bit more of a amplified space mm. certainly helps but that's not why people are loving your products it's not why you've grown your business really it gave more attention and more spotlight to your business for that moment but the reason why it's continued to grow is not because of that
1: yeah that is that is true and I, I do I do know that as well <laughs> yeah I do take some credit as well as well Um, I work very hard on Tanaka it's like my passion it's not like my passion it is my passion and I I get so much out of it and I think it's also in in the feedback of customer experience and just you know people telling me about how beneficial it's been and how much they enjoy using the product and stuff. So I also take take the credit where the credit is due.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And I think that's really important as a business owner, actually, to realize that, you know you created this I mean yes you had a bit more I suppose it's like when you're featured in a tv show or in a press uh, you get a little bit more public attention Mm -hmm. but you had already formulated the product you had had Mm -hmm. your branding designed it's not you know you didn't develop the product right there and then it was already in motion
1: yeah yeah exactly yeah and I think it, it it's just, yeah, I think there's a, maybe this is something about a small business where you're, like, you're the sole owner and like solopreneur, if you will, kind of taking stock of those accomplishments, if you will, or the successes is, mm. is, is you don't necessarily always have time to take stock of like how things are going. And yeah, so it's, it's, it's nice to acknowledge that as well.
0: Yeah, <laughs> it's important to acknowledge those things. Mm-hmm. So uh, what do you think, apart from that, what has really helped you grow your business you know apart from that attention how have you else grown your business because you do work on and off full time I guess over the last year with COVID and stuff but Mm -hmm. you do have a day job and obviously soaps are a time-consuming thing to make so how how have you kept up demand and and (laughs) growing your business
1: that is a good question I basically work like a crazy person and I think <laughs> it, it's it goes back to like I don't know in like job interviews, like oh I'm really hardworking. it's like yeah I am but then I feel like sometimes I'm like that times too many <laughs> yeah in terms of I guess work ethic but it's obviously driven by passion so it doesn't always feel like like that much more work but I guess it's making the most out of the the free time weekends evenings being resourceful with holidays and stuff like that but also trying to, and learning that you can't do it all and that you know the products as we've discussed it like, takes as long as it takes to, to, to make but also having having rest in there as well but in terms of like how I've kind of grown was it wholesale or, or sales in general
0: I guess your business in general. But, first of all,
1: well, I work with an amazing business coach, <laughs> 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 um, and because I don't, I don't have a business background, and everything on the admin side of things is learned, I have very strong admin skills, like you know, my, my, my day job as a producer. So like sell sheets and all that kind of stuff and the creative stuff and like an eye for detail and design as well, I'd say it's like an amalgamation of like my skills today. But I don't mm-hmm. have an understanding of like tax or how to set your wholesale prices and stuff. So I guess in, in the beginning, when it was this little thing on the side where if I didn't have stock on my website for like a month, no one was coming for me. Yeah. <laughs> um, it, it was like totally fine, no one even noticed. And then transitioning to where I had customers who were looking for products on the website, as well as like stockists who wanted to make wholesale orders. So yeah, learning um, everything. But I guess in terms of where you know that your skill set fall short is also just like acknowledging that area and maybe seeking out someone who does know (laughs) what they're doing i found that um i learned that the hard way obviously i started tanaka without any like funding as such it was like self-funded did everything relatively gradually so I didn't even really I guess notice like that I was like spending money on like establishing it but it was more around like working with freelancers and the designer and just making sure that things that I know that I can't do were done well and quickly but yeah I'd say if if you've got the means like a business coach we work together it is so worth it's weight in gold (laughs) it's just amazing to without any prior business experience to have someone essentially guide you and um, someone you can ask all those questions that seem absolutely basic but just having someone explain you know what's what's needed is really really useful
0: I think it's useful I always work with with someone too and I try to continue to learn but it's also it's hard to take a step back by yourself sometimes and see what is priority and stuff. So, even mm. like, I mean, we started working together when you were, it was really busy.
1: Yeah, I think it was like July twenty.
0: Yeah, so like for you to recognise that you needed some guidance or help mm-hmm. when you had very little time, I think is a real hard thing to do. Right, actually, mm,
1: yeah, I don't know. I, I think I I came across what you do through. I think it was the podcast actually, <laughs> which is an amazing full circle moment. For myself. <laughs> yeah. um yeah I think it was a, a podcast that you did with our lovely goods who are friends and collaborat- uh, collaborators virtually. We've never met in person, but I'm sure hopefully one
0: day we will. Um, uh, me too. I've never met them in person. I would yeah. love to meet them in person.
1: <laughs> All these connections that have been made during this time that are just, yeah, it, it doesn't even seem normal, but I guess it is like the, the, the new normal that we're working with.
0: Obviously, we work together on your wholesale and business in general. And then you also have some other help with social and stuff like that Um, yeah
1: so it's like powered by um by a team of like well I I can't do I have a team (laughs) no (laughs) there's me and then I work I've got a social media manager who kind of like looks after socials helps to generate content and kind of like keeps things ticking whilst that allows me to focus on making preparing orders and stuff like that And it's just really fun, actually, to have someone to bounce ideas off of, like, her name is Rachel. She's brilliant. And I think that was a a real moment where I realized that I didn't have to do everything on my own.
0: (laughs) Yeah and actually you realized that quite early on because not not everyone invests in their uh, business up front because you had your branding done early Mm -hmm. on and it wasn't done by you and then obviously we started working together as soon as you really like really soon after you got really busy Mm -hmm. and then like Rachel came on board not that long afterwards right so so you realized that you needed help and I think that's a difficult decision to do in the beginning
1: yeah it is difficult and i think mostly because of like the financial investment of like acknowledging how to bring in the help if that makes sense Mm. like i'm still kind of like wrapping my head around a lot of the the finance elements but it's just acknowledging that i only have so many hours in a day and i can't do it all but also if i want to have the level of output and the quality that i want it's about you know bringing people in to to support and also i think it's a time-saving thing as well i make and wrap every single bar of soap that people receive and that could be in a month i could maybe make and wrap about a thousand plus or so that's a lot of time and i guess it's just acknowledging how best to spend it And also on the things that I'm not as strong with. So I work with a copywriter who Mm. like helps to bring out the storytelling of, not the storytelling, the story of the product, but then also the story of, myself and Tanaka and I could have done that maybe (laughs) but Mm. it would have taken me a really long time and I probably wouldn't have enjoyed the process but I think it's just peace of mind and just knowing that you're um, in safe hands often it's like finding people who you're like who yeah you feel able to work with on a really like close and personal level because essentially Tanaka's my baby Like, and I'm I, i, I I'm very precious about it. I'm also a backseat driver sometimes. So it's a lot to just kind of, to give it over to someone. But of course I think, it I, is. I, I, I don't see it as giving it over to someone. I just see it as like bringing more people into the fold.
0: And I think that's a good way to look at it. I think yeah. to grow it and still work uh, in a day job if we call it that mm. uh, it, it's a challenge it's nice that you recognize that it actually every single task doesn't have to be done by you some tasks mm-hmm. definitely do but some, some things other people could do better and I love that yeah exactly so I mean you're you growing your wholesale was a little bit different to perhaps how most people do it because yes I certainly see a lot of people starting by having a few incoming inquiries, but a lot of your stock has been incoming inquiries mm-hmm. so how do you deal with that when they come to you what What did you what's your process now
1: my process is I guess just kind of like having the channels open so that people could fund me whether that's like saying my DMs are open people can like just drop me a, a message on Instagram if they're interested in Wholesome we'll take the conversation from there but also having like a form on my website really basic mm-hmm. stuff like that but that just make it easy for the person who wants to kind of inquire and then like other things I made a line sheet that's got like product descriptions, details about like pricing, terms, uh, lead times, shipping details, and all that kind of stuff. That is essentially like a one-stop shop for people to gather all the information they need and then make the decision on whether like they'd like to proceed and make an order. I found that was really useful. I didn't have that from the beginning, and there was a lot of back and forth and stuff. And you know, when you're, I, I love talking to potential stockists and like customers anyone really about about Tanaka but I just wanted to find a way to minimize that back and forth yeah Yeah, a line sheet was a a great way of doing that
0: everyone's so busy if you're talking it's nice if you talk about things that couldn't just be in the line sheet but like (laughs) actual things like why what ingredients you use I mean of course mm. That could be the line too But the, the kind of Heart and soul Of the business Instead of exactly. What is the cost And how much Do I have to order Of this product And, and that sort of thing
1: Yeah And I think that's I, I really feel like That's something That's really important to me I don't ever want people To feel like They're ordering soap From like this Massive company at all Like I mean I'm not mm. firstly But <laughs> that, that personal dynamic is, is really important to me I think maybe it's because Like Tanaka is like So linked to like my cultural identity and also just in a way myself that I, I would really hate to kind of get to that point where it just like feels like a cold transaction.
0: Oh, actually, we didn't cover this. What does the word Tanaka mean?
1: Ah, um. so Tanaka is a really popular Shona name. Uh, Shona is one of the two languages spoken in Zimbabwe, the other is Ndebele, and it translates literally to we're good now. And I guess the feeling is like, you know, a family welcomes in a, a, a new baby and there's a sense of completion, like we're good now, Tanaka yeah I guess that's just like a sentiment that I don't know it's so weird how you can arrive at the name but it just felt so right when I when I said it out loud to myself because it's something that in using not even using the products I think there's just something really holistic about that approach of like working towards being good for yourself good for the planet in terms of like the choices and the and the things you consume yeah I yeah know that. <laughs>
0: Absolutely, and and there's so many products that you could do under that to to feel better, to be more good, I suppose. in like mm. not as in like be good, but like be happy and satisfied yeah. in life.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think that's something that. Personally, I'm always striving towards that sense of a, a, not even a good life, but just like a content and balanced life. The name kind of um, insinuates like a realization of that, but also like there's something that also feels like you're you're working towards that. It's like a, yeah, it's like a progress chart, if you will.
0: And I like that different cultures have different words like that, that when you translate them exactly, they don't have as much meaning as the original word. Yeah. (laughs) This this is one of those words too, in a way.
1: Mm, I think a lot of words in the Shona language are one word that have a sentence to describe their equivalent in English. So there's a a nice simplicity about um, the language in some instances brings everything in for me because i was born and raised in zimbabwe i strongly identify with my zimbabwean culture i'm extremely Mm. proud and protective of it (laughs) yeah Uh, so it's just like it's amazing to um have put something out into the world that people really resonate with and are also drawn to
0: i love that and it it is it's such a good name because (laughs) it's actually something that people can say even though they might not always know the meeting like it's memorable you can say it
1: (laughs) it also looks quite nice I think (laughs) Um, yeah it looks quite um I don't know if it's in all caps it looks quite symmetrical but that that's not factual (laughs) that's incorrect but I I just like the look the look
0: of it yeah it has some sort of symmetry to it you're right Mm. it's a and it's not too long you you know you can learn how to spell it and find you online quite easily (laughs) so what is next for Tanaka then what are you hoping to continue to do in terms of new products like you were mentioning
1: so new products when we launched we launched with the eight soaps which are forever going to be like the Tanaka core product and then I've also worked on a couple of collaborations and I've got an exciting um, one coming up with Juno Nuno, which will be three new soaps. And then I'm also working on a skincare range, which will be more facial skincare rituals um, around face oils, um, face masks and all that good stuff, but all very much aligned with the production process of Tanaka at the moment Um, so everything will be 100% natural organic and really simple ingredients
0: that's so exciting (laughs) so that will be something to look forward to for sure And with your collaborations, actually, how have they come about? Because you've done a few now.
1: Yeah, I've done. This would be my third one, and a couple more in 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 discussion. So it often, I love the the collaborations because it's like you know, I'm I'm so used to uh, making the core range, and you know that that's all good and taking over nicely. But it's when like people come to me and say, "Oh, I've got this idea." I've got this ingredient that I want to incorporate. How can we do this? That's like super fun for me. So I I recently did a a collaboration with um, a coffee shop, an Edinburgh-based coffee shop called The Milkman. We produced three soaps for them based on the coffee that they sell in their store. So one is an exfoliant, one has got coconut milk in it, and the other's got like ginger and like it's just like a really playful way for people to, I guess, give have a different offering. In the case of like you know, it's the coming together of soap and coffee, which is a, a, a really obvious link for the milkmen, but then um, also for tanaka because coffee's a really lovely and natural exfoliant, and it's just it's, it's got amazing skin purifying and skin healing qualities as well. That's kind of when... There's a very specific ingredient that needs to be incorporated. But then often it's just listening to people's ideas and the sense that they're drawn to, or the feeling that it's often the feeling that they want the soaps to evoke in the people using them, which is also a very nice starting point and probably how I started formulating in the first place. So, with the upcoming um, collaboration for Juno Nuno, there's a soap that was formulated with that morning shower in mind, but then also an evening bath to kind of like soak and relax. Yeah. then something that's a little bit more like earthy and, and grounding something that it because it, working with essential oils everything is really kind of it's so rooted in, ar- in aromatherapy and like the the, the the power of scent to uh, invoke a certain kind of uh, reaction and feeling from us so yeah i, I guess it, it's it's unique her collaboration i guess but yeah <laughs>
0: I love that. And I love your approach to product, like developing those products. It's so nice, you know, to recognize how a product makes us feel, mm-hmm. that they have a functionality and a purpose. And I, I like that. It's, it's really nice. I think that over the last year, people have come to appreciate those sort of things so much more with the, because we've been stuck at home.
1: Yeah, it's like the simple pleasures. and. Mm you know it's who doesn't want to start their morning with like a really enjoyable shower it's not just I think there's certain things that we do that can be passed off as like mundane or really basic but Mm. I think it's kind of like introducing ways to be a little bit more present in those moments that kind of help us to I don't know mentally prepare if you will or process what what's actually going on beyond us.
0: I think that's really nice. Do you have any top tips for other small business owners that are listening that you have learned along the way?
1: (laughs) Oh, so many. It's actually, so many, but it's actually really hard to kind of like narrow it down. I would say start from anywhere. You don't have to have things finalized in your mind or, I don't know, perfect. Just start from, from where you are and see how that seed develops rather than overthinking things Um, I love
0: that because your range actually you started with eight soaps and a lot of people I think when they start a business get stuck on the fact especially with wholesale that they need to have so many products to be able to start
1: oh no like I think even eight was (laughs) I'm a massivist in some instances of my life like I feel like eight was probably too many but it also kind of like felt like a unified collection so that's what Mm -hmm. I worked towards but you know I've come across brands that have a single product and it's just like formulated really well and that is their signature thing so it it just depends I think it's it's very very individual in terms of your personality and how you work but I guess even with all of that just starting somewhere and seeing if it if it works and experimenting rather than just thinking about it and maybe not getting around to that idea and then I think I think more something around like not necessarily like a big lesson but just like or top tip really, but more just like timing and that things kind of happen as as and when they're supposed to. And I say this for myself as an ongoing lesson and tip of just yes. uh, patience, 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 patience. <laughs> it's
0: hard that when it's your own business and you're so close to it. And mm-hmm. we can all get impatient sometimes and we can all try to rush things and work too much to mm-hmm. make those things happen because we enjoy it so much. So taking a moment to realize that we can be patient and yeah there's exactly. time for being patient is important
1: yeah i'll say in like uh that that first year everything was a little bit actually no maybe like from yeah maybe the whole year Everything felt a little bit a mile a minute because I was struggling like a full-time job and then trying to build Tanaka on the side. And in mm-hmm. some instances, like I'm still doing that. But I think it's now like arriving at a place where I'm being patient with myself mm-hmm. and allowing myself to kind of have rest and not to overwork because this is the thing that we love. And though we can do it all hours, if you will, mm-hmm. I think there's something about still being quite protective um, of your energy um, so that it's not the thing that you love doesn't become the thing that burns you out.
0: And I guess now you are, have moved and you live by the sea. That's a nice <laughs> reminder to chill
1: out. Yeah, yeah. I've escaped the hustle and bustle of Southeast London, even though it's forever in my heart. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, like living by the sea, I've relocated to St Lennon on sea. And yeah, I'm like a, a lovely five minutes, if that, from the beach, um, from the from the pier. And I think much like you know, the last couple of months. It's, it, there's just a lot of perspective to be gained um, in these kind of like life moments that I'm going through, I guess. It's um acknowledging what you want and how you want to live and how you, how, what, you what you need to change in order to live how you want to live. If that mm.
0: makes sense. Yeah, it yeah. does. That's lovely. Well, thank you so much for coming <laughs> on the podcast. Before so I let you go, can you share how people can find you, where to find you?
1: Yeah, of course. The website is tanaka.store. And then over on socials, you can find me on Instagram at tanaka.soaps.
0: Brilliant. I will pop that all in the show notes, of course, so that people can find you and buy your soaps and have, look mm-hmm. out for the new products and everything. Thank but thank you so much for coming on the podcast and having a chat with me.
1: Thank you so much, Therese. And also just for creating such an amazing platform that is an endless resource for people who are figuring it out or different stages of their own path this is like such an amazing community that you've built um and i'm really really pleased to be part of it
0: i i am too it's lovely (laughs) (laughs) i love it Thank you so much Leonora, for coming on the podcast and thank you so much to all of you who are listening. I really really appreciate you tuning in every week and being a part of my community. If you don't already follow me over on Instagram you can find me on at small underscore business underscore collaborative. Do share where you are tuning in. What are you doing? What are you up to right now? And if you do have a moment, please can you go to Apple Podcast and rate and review the podcast so others can find it and discover it too. I hope that the stories I share on the podcast help you grow your business and inspire you to take action. I will be back next week with another episode and until then I hope you have a brilliant week and if you are interested in having my help growing your sales have a look at the sales course today before it closes. I won't be running it until later this year again so there will be a bit of a break over the summer so now's your chance to join us. Thank you so much for listening and have a wonderful week.